0: Our reading is from Luke 2, verse 8 through 20, and that is found on page 1027. So, beginning at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
1: Thank you very much, Amanda, for reading for us. Please do keep that open. It's a a captivating story, uh, and it's one that I'm sure is very familiar. It's uh, it's such an important part of of the Christmas narrative. so much of what makes Christmas, where would Christmas be without the shepherds? What what nativity would be complete without a small child with a with a sort of cardboard crook and another child dressed up uh, as a sheep? Uh, what carol service would be complete without a rousing rendition of Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Um, I'm telling you audience participation, who reckons they've received a Christmas card already this year which has sheep or shepherds on it? Just show of hands. Interesting, yeah. So about half of ours, I'd say, have got some sort of sheep-related thing on the front. It's all very lovely, all very fluffy and fuzzy and and warm, and it makes us, you know, puts us in mind of, of a fairy story. And then the rest of the year, we pack it all away into the boxes with the rest of the Christmas decorations and forget all about it. As with so much of the Christmas story, the familiarity blinds us. Um... We just see the nice, fluffy fairy tale. Uh, we don't see what it has to say to us in 2017, or indeed 2018. And as I've been reading this passage again this week, I've just been struck by what a brilliant picture it provides of what the Christian life is all about. Whether we're, we're looking into it for the first time, or we've been doing it for decades, this gives us the essence of what it means to follow Jesus. Quite simply, we have a God who speaks and people who respond. We have a God who speaks to all people about his son, Jesus Christ, and we have people who respond by going to Jesus and then sharing him with others. That that very straightforwardly is what we're going to explore this morning, and there's some headings on the back of the service order if that would be a help for you. But let's start by going back to that first Christmas night. Jesus has been born, he's been wrapped up in swaddling clothes and put carefully in a manger. The greatest miracle the world has ever seen, God becoming a human being, has just been accomplished. And no one knows. I mean, obviously Mary knows about it, she'd have to, you know have been pretty blasé to have not realized she's just given birth. Joseph will probably know. And a few very confused animals are probably wondering why they can't get at their feeding trough. But the very best news in the world, and no one knows about it, who's going to find out first? I found myself imagining the conversation between Gabriel and the angels with God shortly after this had happened. I'm pretty sure sure the angels knew what was going on, but just, just run with it. Gabriel walks into God's office Right boss, cracking job, incarnation is a go, let's talk PR. Who do you want us to tell first? Oh, don't say, let me guess, let me guess. The king, king up in Jerusalem, very, very important demographic, very powerful, very important man, can make all kinds of things happen. He'll definitely want to know. Should we go, no, no, we're not, we're not going to him. Okay, um, let me think. Priests, the priests in the temple, very pious people, always praying, always saying how much they're longing for your kingdom to come. Surely we should go to them? No, not, not them either. Okay, got it. Scribes and philosophers, very clever people. They've been thinking for years about how to lead a good life. Um, they've been searching through all kinds of books, having endless erudite discussions. Let's go to them. No, not them either. None of them. Not the powerful, not the pious, not the learned. Who do you want us to go to then? Shepherds? Well, why them? Are they, are they especially religious shepherds? No, surely they must be. They must be very special to be picked out to be favored in this way. You know, sitting around their fire, Bibles open, talking of weighty matters. Well, no. All Luke tells us is that they were watching their flocks, verse 8. For them, it was just another normal night shift, sitting in the dark. Probably quite bored. Amos. Yes, Eli. Are the sheep still there? You've asked me that ten times already tonight. Yes, the sheep are still there. To quote the the, the caricature of the great, great caricature of a great Carol, they were just as likely to have been washing their socks as doing anything else. These are not people desperately seeking after God, not longing for his kingdom to come. They're quite literally sitting around in the dark. And yet, these are the people to whom God chose to first reveal his son out of anyone else in the world. And why? Well, the angel explains in verse 10 this is good news of great joy for all the people. Not just the powerful, not just the pious, not just the clever and the accomplished. All people. Shepherds on hillsides. The person down the road. Me and you. God goes to the shepherds first to show precisely that this is not about who we are, what we have done, or even what we can do. This is not about our desire to seek after God and know him. In a sense, the shepherds sitting in the dark represent all humans who have ever lived, whatever station in life, getting on with life, as it were, in the dark, not doing anything to deserve a relationship with God, not interested in knowing Him. And yet, to these people, God speaks. And what does He have to say? What message do the angels bring? What does he really want these shepherds to know? What does he want us to know this morning? Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. God does not speak to these shepherds of what they must do. He does not give them a list of rules and regulations. He speaks of what he has already done. And he speaks of a person. And not just any person, his own son, who is the Savior, the Messiah, and the Lord, all wrapped up into one. And although this is something that God has done, don't don't miss the personal relevance verse 11 and 12 a saviour has been born to you this will be a sign to you what i have done god says matters to you to the shepherds to everyone jesus has been born to be a saviour for you and for me to be the messiah for you and for me to be the Lord of you and me. And then bang. Night goes even brighter. Thousands of angels singing Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Verse fourteen. It's an interesting phrase, peace on earth. It's one that we often use around Christmas time. We long for the healing of conflict and wars. We we pray for humanity to be united. And yet, Christmas after Christmas, sadly, it never seems to be the case. But that's the thing on 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 a horizontal level, human to human. The angels here aren't being idealistic, but they want us to think about the vertical level. They want us to think about the much more important relationship between humanity and God. And it's a relationship that has been broken. Not by God, but by us. By our own apathy. By our sitting around the campfire in the dark. Not really bothering, not really caring. And yet in this broken relationship, it is God who makes the first move. By announcing that he will heal this relationship. By sending his son to be born as one of us, to live the life that we could not, and ultimately to die the death that we deserved. This time of year, there's often quite a few reunions. I've been enjoying catching up uh, with uh, groups of old friends. There's always a slightly awkward moment. How are you? And then the mental note, they sent you an email back in July with all of that news which you didn't even bother to reply to. And you feel slightly awkward, well, you feel very awkward. Please don't, please don't bring this up. You're sort of dreading the, you're such a terrible friend. How dare you not reply to my news? And yet, so many and so often, they say, oh, no, don't worry about it. Just so nice to see you and spend time with you. This is effectively what God is saying here. No, you shepherds, I know you haven't sought me or looked for me. I know you've ignored me. But I'm laying that aside. I just want to talk to you. And actually, I've got some really exciting news. I've just had a child, I've had a son. It's wonderful. This is why God speaks. He wants us to know what He's done, and He wants us to share the excitement. This is why the angels are excited, singing the way they do. It must take quite a lot to get an angel excited, given that they live in heaven for all eternity. And yet here they very clearly are, freshly, newly excited at something that God has done. Not simply that God is holy and awesome and mighty, but that he has done something to bring peace between him and those on whom his favor rests, giving his son as a savior, And then even more importantly than that, has told us about it. Now, I suspect not many of us have been addressed by thousands of angels in the middle of the night. Um, So in that sense, the shepherds are rather special. But they're convinced in verse 15 that the message is from God himself. God himself has spoken to them. And that is just as true for us here this morning as it was for them. We don't need to look up into the night sky for choirs of angels to lower our gaze and look at the pages of the bibles in front of us god's voice is to be heard clearly and powerfully in the pages of scripture one medieval christian put it quite beautifully he said it's a good thing that when we pray we can talk to god but how much more wonderfully when we read the bible god talks to us and exactly like the angels that night, the Bible is, tell- is, the Bible is God speaking to us of good news of great joy because a Savior has been born. J- just think about that for a moment. Every single time you open a Bible, it is the exact equivalent of thousands of angels appearing in the night sky to address you. And It d- doesn't matter if it's a battered old copy in, in your bedroom one morning, uh, or, or you're flicking through an app on your phone on the train to work, or you're listening to an audio recording in your car. It, each of us has our own personal enunciation of God speaking to us, all of us, of his Son, the Savior who is for you and for me. That's the God in this passage, a God who speaks. How do the shepherds respond? What do they do? Here they are, standing in the field, probably blinking a bit to get used to the dark again. What happens next? Verse 15. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. You can feel the urgency. You know, Come on, guys, not a moment to lose. And then they hurry off just like that. No one says... What about the sheep? You know, who's going to look after them? Shouldn't we just wait a few hours? You know, it's a bit antisocial to go knocking on doors in the middle of the night looking for a baby. You know, it might annoy a few people. Let's just wait for the day shift to turn up, and then we can go and look. I mean, it's a baby. It's not going anywhere. No, this is too important. God has just spoken to the shepherds about the most important thing that has ever happened, and he's chosen to tell them first This is not the time to be cautious. This is not a time to worry about the cost. This is the time to go and see. And what do they find? Well, they find Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, verse 16. In other words, they found everything had worked out just as God had told them it would. It's interesting if you just look back at what the angels say. God doesn't actually tell the shepherds to go to Bethlehem. You know, it certainly doesn't give them a time scale. You know, guys, you've got before dawn, so that gives you two and a half hours to get down there. Better hurry up. No, it's just their giddy excitement at what they've been told carries them along. I guess it's a little bit like a, a great work of art. Um, I remember, must have been a few years ago now, going to Rome uh, and getting to go and see the Sistine Chapel. Beautiful work of art, even, you know, taller than our uh, our church here. And just walking into this chapel, seeing this painting, and just stopping, mouth dropping, and having to stare at just how amazingly beautiful it was. And then someone poked me in the queue because they wanted to look at it as well. And we moved on. And that's what's gone on here. If we want to share the excitement of the shepherds, then all we have to do is look at what God has told them. It's a good challenge. When was the last time we got this excited, this intrigued by what God had done that we just have to go and have another look? How often is it that we do things instead because we feel we ought to? You know, duty and obligation again. And yet God just shows us here is a Savior, a Messiah, a Lord for you. Almost do with that information what you like. But For the shepherds, They have to go and look, to stop and stare, gaze into this manger. And for us to share that, all we have to do is the same thing, is to listen to what God says about his son. If we would share it, then open a Bible, and all we need to do is ask God to show us the glories of his son through its words. And read. That's what it would mean for us to go to Bethlehem this morning, to go and gaze into the manger at the one who came to save us and give us peace with God. What do the shepherds do next? You know, that was fun, chaps, better get back to the sheep. No, verse 17 we read, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Now, I don't know what time of night we've got to at this point. You know, it's probably just before dawn. First townspeople are yawning, you know, rubbing their eyes, opening up shops, taking the milk delivery in. And suddenly these shepherds start running up, babbling, all excited. You'll never guess what. God sent some angels to speak, and, and, and there's a baby sleeping in a ma- Calm down. Sleeping in a manger. Angels, what are you talking about? Listen, this baby, he's the Messiah, the, the Savior. He, he's come to bring us peace with God Did we mention that that he's the Messiah? You would think that they'd gone crazy, um, particularly at that time of the morning, uh, and I'm sure what they said wasn't especially coherent. And yet, verse 18, all who heard it were amazed. Notice the parallel. The angels had spoken to the shepherds about Jesus, and the shepherds had been amazed, The shepherds now tell the inhabitants of Bethlehem about Jesus, and they too are amazed. What the angels had been to the shepherds, the shepherds now are for others. And notice that the amazement is the same. And the shepherds aren't turning up with blinding glory. They're simply turning up with the news of what God has done. It's a very simple message. Boldly proclaimed, and yet it brings amazement. We like to overcomplicate things, especially in our society, especially in a place like Cambridge. We like to know how everything fits together. We like to know the implications and the consequences of everything. We want to join up all the dots, cross every I, no, dot every I, cross every T, um, I found myself, you know, we bought a washing machine earlier in the year, and it took at least three trips to Curry's to cross-reference all of the stats, but we could finally commit ourselves to the important life decision of choosing a washing machine. We like to know how everything works before we commit. And for washing machines, uh, that's fine. But then we come to something like Jesus, I remember thinking as a young teenager that I'd think about all this religion business later in life, you know, when I could give it its proper thought, you know, big thing, don't want to rush it, better to, you know, assess all the facts and the figures calmly and then make up my mind. And it's similar when our society wants to know what Jesus is about, they want all of the facts and figures laid out on a table. And, you know, we we want to be able to run through every line of argument, we want every possible objection nailed down before we're willing to take a step this is true whether we're we're looking into it or whether we ourselves are looking to share it with others we feel that unless we've become experts we're being reckless and certainly if we are trying to share it, we feel like we've got to have swallowed an entire bible before we're even qualified to speak but this christmas why why not be reckless that's exactly what the shepherds were, running off into the night like that. And yet, verse 20 concludes, everything had been just as they had been told. We will have all the time in the world to plumb the depths of God's word, to work out how his amazing story of redemption fits together. And we will have all of eternity to get to know the wonderful a character of God to know him eternally forever, all the time in the world. But to do that rests on one simple fact, that today there is a savior for you and me, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the day to run to Bethlehem and gaze into his manger. Today is the day to get excited about the salvation that has been offered us in Christ. Unless we are willing to take a step today, we will not be able to enjoy that time, that eternity to know all that God has done. It will not make sense. And we will not have that peace which must be the starting point. As the shepherds ran into Bethlehem, they had two things. They had the news that God had given them and excitement. And yet, with those two things, the simple message, there is a Savior whose name is Jesus Christ, they got to share the work of the angels. They became the first witnesses to the wonders of Christ. We have enough in these verses alone to know that with Jesus Christ there is salvation to know that God speaks to reveal his son to everyone and that everything will turn out exactly as he has spoken. There is more than enough here to share the excitement of the angels and the enthusiasm of the shepherds and the praises of heaven. Let's pray that God would give us just that. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who has spoken to everyone about what you have done through your Son, Jesus Christ, that he is Savior, Messiah, and Lord. Lord, we pray that you would give us the excitement of the angels and the shepherds, that we would hear you speak and we would run with giddy excitement to the manger of the Christ child. We would gaze into his manger and we would glorify you because of it. In his name and for your glory we pray. Amen.